0: All right, guys. You're here with Josh. Actually, we're gonna call myself Mystic Punk just for today. We're gonna to call myself that. I mean, and uh, I want to thank Eddie Alvarez for saying that because uh, you know it's uh, makes me feel good about it, man. This is good. We just had this in conversation, and it just so happened it popped up again today. I just so happened to be walking past. Uh, Scott Coker right when this whole thing had kind of popped off and Coker had said trades on his tweet talking about hmm, scratching his chin and uh, let me just tell you I do know that there's a lot of trades that um, are potentially in the works people are talking about Demetrius Johnson and Ben Askren trade and I think it's a great trade. I think it's wonderful. You're trading a smaller guy to an organization that is known for smaller fighters, for having the, the lighter weight classes and just a plethora of guys for him to fight. Um, also, too, not to mention that Matt Hume is one of the head guys at 1FC who just so happens to be Demetrius Johnson's uh, coach and, I mean, I would say mentor, like one of his best friends. So I think all of this coming together is probably perfect situation and scenario for Demetrius Johnson. Sure, would he have liked to have stayed in the UFC and probably have made more money? But I'm going to give you, I'm going to play um, devil's advocate on a couple sides, whether it's for Ben Askren or for, for Demetrius Johnson. Or I'm even going to give you just, just kind of like scenarios of how I think this plays out, just overall for the best of each fighter. So you have someone in Ben Askren who is tired of fighting in the smaller shows, um, and then also holding the title in, you know, in, uh, in one FC, um, you know, and then undefeated. I believe he's still undefeated. And now he's going to be fighting potentially over in the UFC. There's a lot of people that want to see Tyron Woodley fight Ben Askren. You know, there's a lot of people that want to see GSP potentially fight Ben Askren. Um, everyone's talking about Khabib potentially fighting Ben Askren. But I want everyone to understand, if Ben Askren loses one of those fights, those talks and conversations are done. Like nobody wants to nobody wants to see him fight beyond the potential of him losing his O. Okay. And that's the thing. Like everyone talked about, oh, well, Ben Askren this, Ben Askren that. He's the most talked-about fighter that has never got a shot in the UFC and being undefeated and winning in Bellator, winning in one FC, winning championships wherever he went. Is he nasty good as far as a wrestler? Hell yeah, he is. Is he nasty good? He's a pretty damn good jujitsu guy, also. I remember him training at AK for a little bit. Um, when DCA had first come out, and he's phenomenal. He's pretty damn good on the ground as well. Like, as far as his jujitsu, he's pretty nasty on the ground. So, you put those things together and you put him against somebody like a GSP or you put him against somebody like a, um, um, a Khabib or even T, T- Wood. I want to see how it all transitions. But if he loses that one, if he once he loses one fight, no one's going to care to see him fight. Uh, GSP or, or or Khabib after that, it just won't happen, man. I, I don't I don't see it coming together. I don't see it happening. Um, I think the fight to make if they did bring him over would be T Wood and and him for the title, and then potentially trying if he does beat T Wood, then having him fight um having him fight uh, GSP. I don't really see the fight happening with Khabib. Just my honest opinion. I could see them potentially starting a hundred sixty five pound weight class. Uh, for Khabib to fight at 165, if he ever does come back, you guys, and I'm telling you this now, there's a very good chance that he may never come back. Um, there's a lot of things going on with the the commission ruling and whether he'll be able to fight again in the UFC or any other promotion here in the states, and uh, and we'll see what all that all that that comes together. We'll see how that all hands out. Look, Demetrius Johnson going there would be good. Ben Askren coming there would be good. They're both, I think, getting good trades. What I had talked about in the podcast on Monday was that you're going to start seeing more of this because they have no use. And I'm telling you now, I'm telling you guys this. They have no use for guys like Demetrius Johnson who they've exhausted their, their resources on trying to promote him and then nothing has caught on. So why not trade him off to another promotion that has... A whole bunch of lighter guys and is able to build him potentially and build him off of the fact that he's been a multiple, I want to say the most winningest um Uh, champion ever out of the UFC come over to their show and potentially have one of their lighter guys beat him would be huge for them not huge for Matt Hume and Matt and and huge from Demetrius Johnson but in terms of that a a promotion like One FC could then start saying that their fighters are the best fighters in the world and the same thing could go also too if Ben Askren goes over to to uh, the UFC and is able to beat T. Wood then they could say look we had the fighter all the time we knew he was the best we just had no other top guys for him to fight so we traded him away and we thought the best thing to do is to get something for him in terms when we're talking about what is best for the sport or what's best for the fighter or what's best for the promoter none of these really none of them resonates more than saying that one is the, the best thing for this is for the promotion for sure hands down but it could be mutually exclusive by saying that you. everyone knows that the the UFC didn't really care for Demetrius Johnson. Look at the way they promoted his fights. Look at the way he was so dominant. But the 125-pound division just doesn't pull the numbers that they're looking to pull. So I think by doing this, what they've done now is since he just lost the title and Henry Cejudo is the champion, you have a a Mexican fighter, also who is an Olympic gold medalist wrestler and who has learned to stand up. I think what they do is they try to hold on to that 125-pound division for about a year or two, maybe even a little bit longer, and trying to build Henry Cejudo around that promotion and around that 125-pound division. And basically, if they cannot get it done, Henry is big enough to go ahead and go up to the 135-pound division and fight there if they need him to. You know, so they can make for that super fight. They can look to build that up. But they're going to try to build that 125 around Henderson Hudo. And what better way than to get rid of the 125-pound former champion, the only guy that really can, can, that can give Henry a run for his money would be DJ. And De- Demetrius Johnson is now going to potentially be traded. And when that happens, then you really have no one for Henry to um, struggle with. You know, you have... Um, joseph benavides and you maybe have like one or two new up-and-comers but i mean realistically henry should be able to to have tough fights with those guys but should come out on top given that he's right now i believe at the top of his game um i there's no way of saying i think for the for both sides it could be good because the bell or demetrius johnson is not interested in in promoting them him and him any further and when you're a fighter there should be no interest in staying with that organization if that promotion is not interested in in promoting you any further so did
1: you lose his fox deal and metro deal though
0: i don't know i mean that would have to be something that he works out with that with those companies as well whatever sponsors and endorsements that he has those are things that he would potentially have to work out with those with those uh, companies as far as sponsorships go but when you're talking like realistically when you're talking about like trading the, the the fighters it could be one it could be a fighter that has one fight on his contract versus one fighter who has four fights on his contract and this is so this is so off the off the cusp of what managers and agents are used to dealing with as far as for fighters they've never had this problem or not a problem but they've never had this concern before so in all of these contracts that are still good with the UFC, with Bellator, with one, with one FC, these are not things that were probably worked into the contract. I do know that Fedor Milenko had this in his contracts when the UFC bought Pride that he was not transferable. And I believe there was like one or two other guys saying that, hey, if the promotion shuts down, I'm automatically released on my contract also if you guys sell the, this company, I'm automatically released of my contract. Now, fighters are not doing that. They hadn't, I don't think had been doing that up until this point. And also, too, saying that I cannot be traded, that's another thing. People will say, I mean, you see it now with, the, with these other NBA athletes. LeBron James has a no-trade clause in his unless he approves it, you know, where he wants to go. I could see that being done here. But when you're talking about, you're talking about like 30 other teams that he can be traded to in the NBA, so if one team doesn't like you, it's cool. I've got 29 other teams that will like me and if I get traded and I don't like that team, I've got 28 other teams. Here you have three promotions. And so when Demetrius EFL as
1: well,
0: like I said, three promotions. <laughs> so when and and I'm always saying one FC because they just signed Eddie Alvarez, you know what I mean and they have A, I believe they still have aoki. so it's like they have good guys at lightweight that could be potential for them the potential for them to fight. and they've got plenty of guys for Demetrius Johnson to fight. But when you're talking about a promotion trading you to another organization, they have no one for you to fight. You know, there's no more else. There's no one else for him to fight. He, he's he's wiped out that whole division. He's fought Joseph Benavidez twice. He's fought Henry Sudo twice. Sure, he lost that fight. But then what better way to get rid of the competition than trade him away so Henry Sudo doesn't have any top competition? Maybe they do want to get rid of the whole uh, division together, the 125-pound division together. And that makes it easier because Henry Cejudo being the champion can now just go up to 135 and they can scrap that whole division altogether. It would save them a ton of money then rather than promoting that division. Why would they scrap it though? Because it's already not making them money. You have to have those guys on the card. you got to pay champion the champion championship dollars. I mean, it's not going to be like Cain Velasquez dollars, but it's still going to be better money than the majority of the guys that make in that weight class. And they can never really have those guys headline a um a fight because they just don't sell people when they see oh this guy he's the you know he's sure he's the champion but it just doesn't it doesn't translate into buying pay-per-views it doesn't translate into people tuning in and watching on on the networks and so when that happens there's no reason for them to keep it around and i'm going to be honest with you this is a big reason when i had fought eves edwards they had had these conversations and talks with us about how they pretty much were going to get rid of the lightweight division because at the time we were the lightest guys and we just weren't selling the, they had, they didn't, they, there was, people were more inclined to watch the 170 pound and up, you know, divisions. So when that happened, we had nowhere to go. Most of us, some of us went to pride. Some of us went up to 170 in the UFC. And, you know, and obviously you can, um, you can understand that not a lot of those guys that went to 170 and fought guys like Matt Hughes or any of the other guys that were real big back then, Pat Miletic and Carlos Newton, those guys are no longer around because, you know, you, they got smashed by big, huge guys. So all that being said, look, I think this trade, if this trade does happen, and we're talking about Demetrius Johnson and and, uh, and um, Ben Askren, we're talking about these two. If the trade does happen, I think it's beneficial for both sides. There's both sides uh, benefit. They get a good uh, multiple world champion, like multiple times over world champion, in Demetrius Johnson, and they've got plenty of guys for him to fight. And then Ben Askren going over there. To the UFC, it's great because he's undefeated. Now you can legitimately say he's been the, the champion in Bellator. He's been the champion in 1FC. In There's no one else for him to fight. Like, here we are bringing him here for him to fight. But I will say Ben Askren needs to tread lightly. As soon as he loses, do not be surprised if they cut you. You are not the most exciting fighter. He knows that. But he wins fights. Do not be surprised. You will see exactly kind of what happened with Jake Shields and John Fitch. They will do they will treat you that way once you lose a fight. While you're still winning, they will go ahead and keep promoting you. But once you lose, they will treat you like a John Fitch or or um or Jake Shields and potentially even Damian Maya. You know, so I think um, it has to
1: do with his age as
0: well? No, I don't think it has anything to do with his age. I think it has to do with the, oh, the sure, maybe it could. 34 years old maybe it could but i mean i believe he's an olympic silver medalist he's also undefeated i mean he's really good he's won in all the organizations there's something to promote there but you can only promote that one or two times and if you lose one and then they promote you again you have a boring fight i could see them getting rid of you the next opportunity they get they both i think they're going to give him two shots two chances if he loses both chances they're cutting him if they if they don't, if he wins and then he loses, they'll keep him for a third one and potentially a fourth. But I'm simply saying that he's he should expect to be treated like an Antonio McKee who came in there, had one good fight, and then he lost his second and they cut him right away. He should be expected to be treated like a John Fitch, like a Damian Maya, you know, like 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 a Jake Shields, where they have no interest in guys that are just not out there knocking dudes out. You know, um, just it's very rare for them to promote or put a whole lot of money and backing into them. So I think with him, he needs to tread lightly. uh, I think the one FC is getting a better deal on this because they have DJ and DJ. They can continue to always say that he's pretty much the most winningest um, champion ever to come out of the UFC. And they can continue to say that. So any any fighter they ever put there that potentially beats him, it makes their company more marketable. You know, um, but let's I guess we could touch also too. John Fitch had said something in this, uh in this as well. He had commented something and, and I love John. John's one of our boys and uh, I've trained with him for years. <clears throat> but I touched a little bit on it already, but John Fitch had said something about how is this good? You know, it doesn't make sense for the fighter. Um, but I just broke down exactly why it does, because you have a guy like Ben Askren who has already been the champion there. The promotion has no interest in promoting him anymore. Same thing happened with um the same thing happened with uh you know with with Ben when he was with Bellator. Same thing happened. They just there was they didn't enjoy his style of fighting, but then there was no one else really for him to fight and they just kept ended up being the same fight so they they let him go. And when they let him go, he went and did something else, and uh, you know became successful in one FC, and so now the UFC will bring him over. And John's saying, "Well, why is that good? Well, because <clears throat> no fi- no fighter should want to stay in that promotion if that promotion's done promoting you, and they they also have no they have no desire to negotiate with you. And John should know better than anyone that when the promotion's done dealing with you, it doesn't matter. Like you shouldn't want to be there, you shouldn't want to put. You shouldn't, like, unless you're addicted to the fact that you are fighting, oh, I'm in the UFC and you want to stay there because you're with the UFC, then that's your own issue. Those are your own issues. But why would you want to fight there? Like, that's what I don't get. Like, if if you know the promotion's done, um, if you know the promotion's done with that, then done promoting you, then go ahead and let yourself go. Like, go. Go somewhere else where maybe potentially they want to do something with you. You know, I mean, when he was talking about how is that good, how why why is that person not able to renegotiate? I think it was what he was talking about. Um, I don't know if you ever pulled it up. If you were able to find
1: it, uh, John, is that John? Was that a video? It's John. John Fitch,
0: it's John Fitch on Twitter. No, his Twitter. Yeah.
1: No, uh, there's nothing on there from Fitch all, Smash. Maybe it's Fitch few. Smash. Okay. But the website? Mm,
0: no, his his Twitter, Fitch Smash. I think yeah. is his
1: Fitch, no, it's jumpfish.com on No uh,
0: no it's his is it DonFit I think there's one called Fitch. Fitch Smash. Look up Fitch Smash. I
1: think that's his Instagram. Uh, I don't think that's his Twitter. Um uh, yeah, no. His his that, in-
0: Well he tweeted he tweeted that. Anyways, um he had talked about like how, how is this good for the fighters, da 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 And so I was trying to break it down, you know, basically to say like, I think it is, it is good for the fighters. Now you will run into cases where the the fighter doesn't want to be traded, but you also have to understand like, why would you want to be somewhere where the promotion doesn't want, doesn't want you anymore? You know, so on top of that, maybe you can go over to the next promotion and understand that you could win a, a fight or two, become successful, and then, you know, maybe be their champion over there. And those, that, that promotion may potentially pay you more in the long run. Um... I think ultimately what I'm trying to get at is that you could end up seeing, and we talked about this on our show um, early this week, was on Monday, and I said this exact thing, is that you will start seeing these promotions trade their athletes while they still have fights left on their contract because they don't want to have to deal with the negotiations. So just like the NBA, just like the NFL, and I'm going to say if you actually pay attention really closely to who does this the best, is Bill Belichick. So the 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 coach for the New England Patriots, he's really good at when the guys are coming up due for their contracts and he knows that they they're are going to be a hot commodity and they're about a year or two out, he gets rid of them before it even comes up because I'm sure he's heard rumblings or conversations or talks about those athletes or those players wanting more money. So what does he do? He trades them away for a second or a third or a first or whatever first-round draft pick. So that's exactly what's going on right now. These athletes, he might have actually posted it on his Instagram and probably transferred to his Twitter. So it came up probably that way because his Fitch Smash uh, Instagram is that.
1: Well, But didn't, didn't
0: that one get hacked? I just went on that right now. No, it's not. It's, it's called something else now. Um, but that being said... Um, you could potentially start seeing these guys getting traded away with two and three fights, which takes away the negotiation rights. What it also does, it takes away your um, your availability to go ahead and hit the free market agency because once you get traded, and there's only three promotions, legit like three promotions, really legit only two because you have Bellator and UFC. Let's just say you get traded. Like if we if the if Bellator would have traded uh, Will Brooks instead of just cutting him and trading him to trading him to the UFC. They would have got something for him. That would have probably just left Will Brooks right where he was and basically if he would have lost his two fights been out and been over to the PFL where he is. So those things being said like at least Bellator would have got something or got a fighter for him and then he went to the he went to the UFC, didn't fare so well and then he went to the PFL. I could see the same thing happening because there's a lot of buzz right now about there's a lot of con there's there's a lot of buzz right now about the contract negotiations with kane velasquez and how there's potential that they were having issues working out a contract and deals and things like that um some of you guys may know that i'm his teammate but i can tell you this i do not have the inside scoop on that kane is someone who is does not talk about that type of stuff kane is somebody who doesn't is um get involved with conversations when dealing with that you can ask him how things are going and kane will simply just say things are good you know or we're working on it. That's all he will say. And that's the type of person he is. And those of you guys that have followed him as far as his media and his and his um <clears throat> any type of stuff coming up to the fight. He doesn't really talk trash. He doesn't do any of that type of stuff. He sticks to the game plan. He does all the things that he needs to do to keep his professionalism. Um and uh and is everything that I know of him is is he's a company man. He would love to whichever company he fights for he would love to stay with that company or he would like to make sure that the contracts are always done with that company but that being said i would not be surprised in i'm just using kane as an example if there was a potential chance for somebody like him to be traded you know for somebody from from um obviously from bellator because you know um The only guys they really have that are at the heavier weight classes there at 1FC is Brendan Vera. And Brendan Vera Vera has already been um, part of the UFC. And uh, I don't think he's really considering going back and along those lines. So, do I think that there's uh, potential for more uh, trades? And look, just because there's trades doesn't mean that it needs to be like weight class for weight class or... Fighter for, or you know, money for money. I mean, there could be different. Obviously, we know how NFL contracts and ML uh, Major League Baseball contracts. There's usually cash on the back end. Like, if I'm getting somebody who is a lesser of value, but I think is I need that person, you know, on my team. and I want that somebody, that person in my promotion that I think can help build my promotion. Then I'll I'll go ahead and buy their contract from you, or I'll trade you fighters, and then I'll give you a little extra cash, you know, on the backside to make sure that that fighter. To make sure you're making what you deserve on the backside. So, somebody like Kane, who's got a pretty lucrative contract, is gonna get, if he was to get traded over to to Bellator, you know, um, I think there would have to be some some backdoor dealings of, hey, as soon as Kane fights to make sure he's healthy, we would end up establishing, you know, that, hey, we will pay him this much. And every time he does fight, we'll probably give you a back end deal of, hey, this is how much we would be willing to pay you just to confirm that we're getting as much money um, out of him for fighting because we're dealing with somebody like if you, if you trade somebody who has potentially been injured or has been hurt for a long time, you want to know what they're going to be. They're being traded and you won't pay them until they're, until they, they fight or until they perform. You know what I mean? So, uh, and that goes, I think the same deals go for in, in NFL and in major league baseball and NBA and stuff. Sure. They make trades, but <clears throat> I'll give you a first round draft pick for him. If we make the playoffs or i'll give you a first or second round i'll give you two second rounds you know with the potential of a of a a third round if we make the playoffs or if he plays well those kind of dealings happens all the time in the nfl i believe that's the deal that uh the chiefs made with the 49ers for alex smith they got i believe a second they got a second round um the niners got a second round uh pick and then when they made the playoffs, I believe they got a third-round pick as well that was an additional third-round pick from the Chiefs. And I only know that because I'm a Chiefs fan. But um, but I think from both sides, this is a good deal. I think it's uh, for this one occasion, it's a good deal. I'm sure every occasion will be different. it would be like some fighters may not want to be traded because a lot of them have waited their whole life to get to the promotion that they're in. And then for the promotion to turn around and trade them, I'm sure it would be heartbreaking. And given that there's only two legit promotions and then three with one FC coming, coming around with the signing of Eddie Alvarez, it really, um, it really, that signing really legitimized them. And then now if they pick up Demetrius Johnson, that starts to legitimize them a little bit more. I mean, they still have a long ways to go. No doubt. I mean, they're, they're mainly in an Asia um, promotion. So there are rumblings and, Talks that I've heard that they're going to be potentially going over towards uh, Brazil and some other places, and if that happens, and Victor Q, I believe coming from Canada, there is I'm sure some availability for them, availability for them to get into the Canadian market, uh, if that was to ever happen. Um, but this definitely helps them, I think, a lot. Is with the signing, if they do get Demetrius Johnson, if they do. Now that they already have Eddie Alvarez and if they can get one more signing of, of say, a person at 170, 170 or 170-pounder 170 or 185-pounder or something like that to kind of uh, boost that those weight classes, which I think are some of the most exciting weight classes in the sport. You have 170, 155, and sure, 125 is not as exciting, I think, from a from a viewer's point of view, but I think that from my point of view, like as far as being in a fighter and as far as coming from fighting and love watching the technique that the 125 pound guys give uh for me i love watching demetrius johnson fight i love watching uh, that fight with him and Andrew Sudo i think it's probably like one of the most entertaining fights that i've seen and i would say it makes my top you know 20 or 30 which is you know i mean there's been thousands of fights so to be in the top 20 or 30 is definitely uh, you know is, it shows that it's a good fight my top twenty or thirty. Not everyone's top twenty thirty, obviously. So, do you think um, do
1: you think down the line it could uh, open the gates for like one time one time trades? Like, you know, if if UFC, for example, hypothetically wants Mike Chandler for one fight in the UFC to see how he performs, and no, you know I don't think it'll
0: open the door for that because what happens when you you lend that fighter over and they lose, and then you got to go back to your promotion where now you're not as good. Now now the hype that promotion now can't promote their guy to say that they're the best anymore. But, I mean, that's why it's kind of the whole point of competition though. Yeah, but it's not for it's not competition for promotions. It's competition competition amongst fighters. But now the promotion now is suffering. The fight they're okay if I trade you away and you lose another organization. I'm okay with that because I'm done. I wash my hands of you. But to how do you go and fight another organization and lose and now you gotta come back and now I gotta try to promote you? That's money out of their pocket. They're having to put money into something they lent you over there. Like so they tried that a little bit. So they did try that with Chuck Liddell. With the Pride tournament, Chuck went over there and lost. It was kind of a little bit of a big deal, you know. uh, Chuck beat Alistair Overeem uh, at the two hundred five pound tournament in Pride. Then he turned around and he fought Quentin Jackson. Quentin Jackson beat him, and we ended up in this. You know, it was a weird time at the. You know, it was a weird time because Chuck wasn't the champion. I don't believe at the time he wasn't the champion. Somebody else was the champion. I want to say it was Randy at the time. So it was uh, Tito and Randy. I think were interim and 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 then or Randy was the interim title. I think Tito was the champion at the time, and so there was a little bit of lag in that time frame where where Chuck went over there and he lost to the guys over in Pride. So that put a little. I don't think you are going to see any more of that. It just it just it makes it harder for the promotion. <clears throat> sure, as a fan, we would like to see that, right? I mean, that's why you are asking. Am I right? Yeah. So that as a fan, you would like to see that. But when it comes down to the, uh, from a business point of view, from the promotion, it doesn't make sense for them. I lend you my guy and he loses. I come back. Now I got to promote this guy who just lost to your guy. Now I'm just, I'm basically propping your promotion up to be better than mine. And that doesn't, like, business people don't function like that.
1: Do you think um, if everything goes smooth as far as this one and it it works out pretty well, uh, could you see Dana, like, Pushing to get Nate and Nick over to another promotion in exchange no. for other people. No, no. they move the
0: needle too much. They moved the they they move the needle too much. You'd have to give. There's not a promotion. Bellator doesn't. I don't think Bellator has anybody that, and the UFC and one FC don't have anyone that they would want to get rid of Nate and Nick for. They just. I'm just thinking out loud. You know. Um. <clears throat> i'm just thinking out loud like i I, I can't think i mean like the only guy that i mean realistically let's be real the only guy and it would be patricio would be uh, pitbull's brother patricio that's the only guy that i think that they'd be interested in potentially taking to have them fight at 135 because to watch him fight somebody like uh uh tj dillashaw or or uh you
1: got a bunch of young guys though
0: right now who's the who's
1: the huh like uh, aaron pico james gallagher aj McKee, like there's a whole bunch of young guys that are yeah but it's, it, they want they
0: want a guy with a name that's the thing if you're going to trade nate diaz and nick diaz for some any either even just one of them you want somebody with a name like somebody who's your champion they're not trading anyone unless it's for a champion nate and nick they move the needle too much they want a champion they're going to want one maybe even two to be honest
1: but don't you think younger guys Younger guys with a name already so that they can get their ten years Well who's like, that? Again, like the people I just mentioned, who, like No,
0: they don't have a big enough name. AJ McKee think... doesn't have a big enough name yet. J- James Gallagher. Doesn't have a big enough you? name. You don't think so? No, not even close. No, not even close. I would beg to defend. And him. not to mention he's come you're from Scotland. No one cares what you think. <laughs> now the other thing though too is that you're talking about a, he just came off of he's coming off of a loss right now. Like that's a lot you're not gonna trade him for yeah, you're a little biased though because you're from that that neck of the woods, the Scottish Irish, like UK. Like you guys are all kind of like lumped together as you know a big group of Indians. But
1: you can't say he's not like <laughs> you can't awful. say that he's not like uh, he's not popular in Bellator though. He,
0: no, like, he is because he does
1: the Conor McGregor stick. Yeah, yeah you're
0: right, you're right. But that doesn't mean he's popular worldwide. Like versus a Nate or a Nick, not even close, man. Yeah, okay. You got to well, make the trade even. Like that's like you that's, just said a minute ago. It doesn't have to be an even trade. What I'm saying as far as like fights or money wise, I'm saying but you're going to talk about equal talent. Like if you were to trade, if you were to trade like a Cain Velasquez for for a Patricio, I wouldn't say that's equal talent, but there's there's something they could do with Patricio and we could do with Cain because we have we have Fedor. I would love to see Cain Velasquez versus Fedor Million I mean, give it a come on, let's go. Let's go, baby. Like that to me would be just huge numbers and that fight that fight would do huge numbers. Um of course, you'd love to see that fight, you know? Um, but here's the other thing. Potential of a Ryan Bader and a, and a Kane Velasquez fight. They both wrestle together at ASU. Like, just seeing them at heavyweight fighting each other. Just brutal, man. I would like... They, sure, there might be a little animosity there. They uh, Not between each other, but I'm saying, like, it might might raise a little bit of a... Uh, it might cause some problems amongst their friendship if they were if that was the fight that they were looking to do. I, I don't think Bellator would force them to do it, I, you know, or try to have force them to do it. Um, we're not talking UFC style stuff, you know. But this is that would be like things that I could potentially see. Like, do I think Patricio is as, as big and as marketable as Kane? No, but they have guys that Patricio would be able to fight, and that would make for really entertaining fights. You know, so that'd be that'd be huge. They could probably they could use him, in in, in good turn, in, in, they could really use him. And I'm not trying to compare the two organizations. I'm not trying to compare the two fighters. What I'm saying though is that, it ha- like, if you're gonna trade someone like you said, Nate or Nick or or uh, you know or somebody like that or along those lines, you have to get somebody that moves the needle about as much as them. You know what I mean? And realistically, like like the guy that moves the needles the most, I think in you know in our organization it would be like. Uh, Fedor Chail uh, Chael Sonnen, uh, you know, Roy McDonald, uh, Patricio. Like, we have those, you know, these guys that move, you, know, you know, I do know that they're, they're, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I just wonder, like, the reason I've mentioned them is just because, like, you, you hear Dana, like, he was on ESPN the other day saying how, you know, even the guy that he has that, that works with the Diaz brothers, even he's fed up with them at this point, you know. And so, so I just, like, think, like, if you're Dana White and you're thinking about your business, wouldn't you rather have young guys with a with an at least somewhat of a name let me, that let me, are actually gonna fight?
0: Yeah, but let me give you an analogy. There's an old analogy that if you are the if you're if you are a salesperson at a car dealership, you could if you're selling the most cars on that showroom floor, you could take the owner's hat out in the middle of the street and shit in it and he wouldn't fire you. That's exactly what the Diaz brothers are. He could, they could do whatever the fuck they want to Dana White, and he wouldn't let him go. Nothing. They move the needle that much. They and at a time where they don't have anybody but Conor, Khabib, yeah, Trickets DC, Kane. Like, but they don't even have Kane right now. But so, Nick hasn't fought in four so years. It doesn't matter. And if Nick Diaz was. If too. they were to announce Nick, see, like you're looking at it from a oh, he hasn't fought. I'm saying as soon as they announce that he's fighting, he could fight Joe Blow off the street. If we put him out there in the street called Bum Fights, people would fucking tune in. And they know that. So they're just waiting around how Nate's waiting around for Conor for that money fight. They're waiting around for the Diaz brothers. They're waiting around for that money fight. And they're not going to let any other organization take care of that. They're not going to help any other promotion to that extent. I'm not giving you my two thoroughbreds so you can go out there and promote them and make money off of them while I'm stuck sitting here holding the bag. They're not that. They're not gonna do that. Yeah, this is where you're like, you're trying to say, well, why not? And I'm like, well, because that's not how business works. That's not how the promotion, that's not how the promotional side of this works. Um, I do think that there is potential for a lot more trades. Um, I do know that Scott Coker is 100% interested in doing trades. Uh, I had this conversation with him just uh, a little bit this morning when I just, it was so random. All this shit dropped, and I just so happened to be walking past like uh, the bagel shop. And there he was. I was like, "What's up, dude?" And we just started talking. He's like, "Oh, he's like, hey, watch my, look at my tweet." He just tweeted, "Did someone say trades? Like trades and scratching the emoji, like scratching his chin." And so I just like went on there and I was like, blew it up and just do what we can because we had talked about this first. Um, Brendan Schaub and I believe Rogan talked about the Demetrius and the or the Ben Askren potentially being traded, but I talked about it first, and I'm being, you know. I'm gonna say I did it first. As I was I talked about it first as far as um this being treated like like NFL contracts. This being treated the NBA, the NFL, the major league baseball, they're gonna start trying they're gonna start trading fighters. You know? It just makes it a little bit harder for athlete, for the fighters to understand that once you get traded, you probably won't be able to go back. I mean, unless you become super exciting and start knocking dudes out and, you know, you become champion there and then the promotion's kind of like, all right, we're, we're, we're exhausted, you know. We're sure, we'd love to keep you, but if you want to go somewhere else, we'll trade you for someone else. Now, but the, it kind of does open the door for the fighters to say, hey, will you just trade me? You're not doing anything with me? Yeah. Trade me.
1: I was going to say, I was going to ask you as well, do you think it opens the door for fighters to start getting more nitpicky with contracts?
0: Oh, we've always tried to get more nitpicky, but with the promotions, just like the NFL owners and uh, the owners of baseball and basketball, they always find ways to get around it. And then, then the fight, then the players have to come up with a new way of countering that and figuring out how to, like, now you're going to start seeing in contracts that, hey, you that there could be a no trade clause that I have, you know, has to go through me as far as approval for trading. That's going to start being put in, in fighters' contracts now. Watch. You know, these fighters now are going to have to start getting a little bit smarter and saying, like, hey, no, this you can't trade me unless it has my approval. You know, um, I can see that happening. Also, too, with the business, like Fedor's contract, it'll start saying, it'll start saying, um, you know, if you sell the company, or if someone buys the company, or if we go out of business, I'm released of this contract altogether. You know, you'll start seeing that. If some people don't, I've had that in my contract and all my contracts. That if they ever did, once this, once the UFC thing happened, you know, my new contract that I signed with the UFC, it said I'm released of all responsibility of this contract if you sell, if you if the ufc is sold or something so it's going to be renegotiated so if the ufc was sold to, when ufc was sold to wme i could have actually went back and said hey you know my contract's up for renegotiation now mm-hmm. i'm no longer with you
1: huh interesting interesting stuff yeah anything else um i think that was most of it from um from the that stuff uh they're saying that the corner could be here and is getting pushed back to December.
0: Yeah, they're going to keep pushing it back. How, they're going to just know? keep pushing it back. So when they do finally serve on it and talk about it, what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, um, <clears throat> he's already served his eight months, nine months. Go ahead. he can. He's eligible to fight in two months. Yeah. So it'll be a year-long suspension by the time they finally rule on it. Then it makes them look like it's not that bad.
1: So it'd be like retro back to when yeah
0: yeah yep to when he fought to that night yeah. the suspension started as soon as we brought the claim which was probably like two weeks later we brought the the uh, charges or whatever against him to say that we're we're looking at it and reviewing it as soon as that started that means that the suspension started at that date so he's already suspended right now
1: yeah
0: yep I mean. I can- I guess for me, when people were talking about the trades, why don't you guys do this thing where you guys go on to my go on to my, our Sammy and the Punk on Instagram or Twitter, also or just go on my At the Real Punk on Instagram or Twitter and just line up questions, man, on wh- who you would like to see, which fighters you want to see, and uh, be traded. Who do you think would be good? And I'll rebuttal all your stuff. I'll, I'll come back on here and and shut you guys down, or I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly how I think that's a great trade. I think that's a, I think these are things, these, I'll let you guys know, like I tell producer Dave, you sound ridiculous right now, like you have no idea what you're talking about, you know, and, but, but there's times that Dave brings up good stuff and I'll let you guys know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll see if maybe my input can help and maybe, maybe I'm just blowing smoke, but, uh, you know. Mystic Punk sounds pretty good to me right now, buddy. And I want to thank Eddie Alvarez for the for the tweet <laughs> and everything. But I think it's I think it's good, man. I think I think it has in, to be predictive punk. But okay, predictive punk, whatever. But I think I really believe in the long run, this could make for some really interesting things. Like think about free market agency signings or that's why they have the major league baseball and the football trading deadlines is because everyone, the anticipation of knowing that, like, someone could be traded, it just makes it so much more exciting to follow the sport, the energy, the excitement of things like that that can happen. Like, there was a lot of people, a lot of media and press about Eddie Alvarez. Like, where was he going to go? He's going to go to Bellator. Bellator was in the lead in the conversation, the talks, you know, and then all of a sudden, 1FC came in. You know, it was like, boom, here's more money. Here's this, here's that. I mean, like, this to me it opens up for a great – um for a great uh, opportunity for the fighters to kind of make some money after they get through the initial letdown of being traded, um, and you know, and, and talk to about being traded, if they were even talked to about being traded. Um, but I, I could see, I could see things like that happening, man. I could see the excitement of like, oh wow, you know, so and so got traded to the to, to Bellator, so and so got traded to the UFC, you know, from Bellator that kind of thing, and then you end up seeing potentially some fights that you really wanted to see. Because it has nothing to do with. There could be somebody in the in the let's just say there could be somebody like a Douglas Lima, and let's just and I'm going to use this as a, as a for instance. You could see somebody like Tyron Woodley. He he doesn't get the press and the publicity and all the excitement and all the energy and all the things that he deserves, and he has a relationship with Scott Coker. Could we potentially see if he loses the Ben Askren? Could we see him get traded? Because what better fight would you guys like to see? Roy McDonald and T Wood again. You could see Douglas Lima and T Wood. You could see like that welterweight tournament. You could see Michael Venom Page fight T Wood. I mean, that opens up the door for a direct trade. You know, on somebody that would potentially, I think, bring him over and make for exciting fights right off the bat. I mean, who's to say that that trade? If let's just say Ben Askren comes in and does beat him, they trade T Wood over to the over to to Bellator and he fights the winner of the tournament in one year's time. How how fucking awesome is that? That's like things that now these are things that weren't even talked about to up until yesterday or today. Like now, oh shit, this is all happening. This is crazy. It just it opens up a whole new door for the fur for the fans to get excited, uh the promoters to start doing dealings and and understand that the energy right now is bringing what it's doing is is bringing a new light on the fight game again, because right now, let's be honest, man, the fight game's a little stagnant. You know, boxing a little stagnant. The zone was kind of like throwing it in there right now too. The signing of the signing of uh, Canelo Alvarez for three hundred sixty-five million, the signing of Bellator and all the fights and Anthony Joshua, and that's excitement, right? Oh shit, this is all happening. I can't believe like the zone is bringing more more notoriety to the fight sport itself. But now, trading athletes, trading fighters from promotion to promotion. That's popping off too. Now it it almost feels like it's legitimizing the fight game in a different level that boxing has never been able to do before. Because now you have promotions that are trained no different than the NFL, no different than than Major League Baseball, no different than the NBA. Like now these athletes are being traded like hot commodities. Like, look, I want that player, and I want that player, I want that fighter, you got that fighter. Like, let's intermix these guys. I want, I, I have a stacked 155 pound division well, I'll give you my 155-pound former champion or whatever, and you give me your, you know, 170-pound champion because I have a welterweight tournament going on right now. I don't know any inside scoops on that right now, but I'm just saying how fucking cool would that be? Do you think like, about better relationships with the promotions?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Like, just better the relationships, that they'll talk more, that, um, you know, they'll, they'll maybe, not necessarily support, right, but, like, like, hypothetically, like, the, some of the smaller shows, if, if, if part of like trade negotiations could be the some some of the smaller yeah. shows like FC could need could like show show some of their stuff through the UFC app. That way they can they can show. Oh, I their, don't I
0: don't know about any of that. You know, <laughs>
1: but I just mean like it doesn't have to be that extreme.
0: But like when you reach, man, you really reach. I know. Like you have to remember, the ultimate goal is for that promotion to build their brand and their promotion. That's it. They're not trying to build every everybody else's promotion. They're not trying to build everybody else's fighters. But yes,
1: they do show some some other stuff. on They show in the
0: Victor, and they show small small shows that will never contest with them. That's why you know, and Victor has a relationship with them already to bring their girls up. But One SC doesn't really air over here, does it? No, it doesn't. So like, just as a way for them, it, it, I mean, it, it airs online. Then, you can watch then, it online. Yeah. You know, but I mean, as you can tell though, that the the fight promotion itself, fight promotion, the Bellator now has the own app. Okay, UFC has their own fight app. I'm sure it'll be a matter of time before maybe they already do. One FC has their own fight app, you know. So it's just a matter of time before these companies start just developing their own apps and doing their own things, and their shows just automatically air on there instead of actually going through the networks. It makes sense. Ten bucks a month. I'd rather watch all the fights I want for ten bucks a month rather than pay two hundred bucks a month, you know, for for <clears throat> Direct TV or for Dish or for cable, and then turn around and have to pay another fifty bucks a month for pay per views. Or, sorry, 65 bucks or 75 bucks or whatever it is, you know, if I want to watch it in HD. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, there, there of course, there will be, depending on the trade, every trade will be different. There will be negatives to it. So, before everyone gets all their panties in a bunch, there will be trades that are very negative. And there will be trades also, too, that one promotion they will do just to really get rid of their, their cancer in their promotion. And they probably won't get a whole lot back. But they're okay with it because they just got rid of that cancer and then one promotion may do a deal where maybe the deal just wasn't very good for them you know and they messed up and they you know the fighter comes over and just bombs or doesn't do numbers or doesn't fight and perform well or you know i mean it really depends on the situation uh, uh, every fighter is different on how they handle being traded every fighter and every manager will handle this this whole deal uh, separately and different as well i mean i just want fighters to understand When you get traded, don't make too much of a fuss about it. And I'm not saying this from a promotion standpoint. I'm saying because you don't have the money to argue with these guys in court and be held up for years while you're missing your your opportunity to make as much money as you can during that time. Take a lesson from Brandy Couture who tried to leave and fight over an affliction. Years of fighting the UFC in court finally got him to come back and still not being able to fight outside, and then he came back and fought in the UFC again. So, you just can't, like, sure, maybe you guys have a lot of money, Maybe maybe you guys made a shitload of money, and you can go ahead and fight them for that long, but if your name's not Conor McGregor, GSP, Uh, You know on on that level of how much money you made you probably want to just fight out your fights do as best You can and renegotiate when it comes terms because just like I've tried to tell everyone and just ask Tiger Woods Okay, winning solves everything. Okay, you could have banged a thousand bitches in the back patio and people don't give a shit if you're winning All right. I mean we've seen it before we've seen guys get domestic violence charges and all those other things, you know um, and cheat on their wife and do all this, right? But then as soon as they start winning or they win winning championships and they're winning, it doesn't matter. People forget. They forgive and forget real quick. So if you come over and you're not happy and you act that way, then that promotion's not going to want want to sign you either and you'll have nowhere else to go because the UFC already or Bellator already traded you away. So don't piss off that promotion when you get there, you know, and, and think to yourself, if I treat them like shit, they're going to, you know, they'll pay me more, or do this. Nope, just go over there. Hate to be that way, be a company man, win your fights, and then come back into the renegotiating table and say, hey, I did what I did. I did what I was supposed to do. I came over here, helped promote the company that wanted me. And um and I think the sky is the limit for all the athletes that do that. If you fuss and you argue and you throw fits and you know and you cause problems, then you basically have just solidified yourself as no promotion to go to. Because one promotion just traded you and the other promotion doesn't want you. You know, because you just you, you did it yourself. Now you can go fight Asia on 1FC like Eddie Alvarez is and making good money. You know, I would imagine he's making pretty damn good money. You know, but not everybody's an Eddie Alvarez. You know, like, I'm sorry, but I'm the guy's been champion in almost every organization he's ever fought in. You know, and not to mention his fights are fucking exciting. So if you don't fight like Eddie Alvarez and you haven't been a champion in every, every organization, you might want to rethink how you approach being traded. Just being honest, and don't let your agents and your managers and all those other companies... And all those other people surround you and say, oh, you don't got to put up with this shit. You can wait. We can hold out. We can do this. No. What you can do is waste precious time sitting on the sideline not making money. That's what you can do. Okay? And that's the dumbest thing you can do when you're short, your career is the shortest thing that you're going to have. Ask every NFL player who was in the league for two or three years and then got hurt and there was no more anymore after that. Okay? T.J. Grant. You know, end up with one concussion, never came back. Your career could end like that. So make as much money as you possibly can and do what you got to do and get out. That's the best advice I can give you guys, all you fighters that are potentially may get traded. But it's a new era, man. Here we go, baby. I'm fucking excited. I cannot wait. I can't wait to see who gets traded, man. Let's do this. I mean, there's no, I mean, honestly, man, there's nothing but I would love to see a Cain Velasquez fight a Fedor Emelianenko. You know, I'd love to see T. Wood fight the winner of this you know, the winner of this uh, of this welterweight tournament. How fucking exciting would that be, man? You know, I mean, if you think, I mean, not to me, I, I would love to see it. How would you like to see a Steven Thompson versus a Michael Venom Page? That might be kind of dope. Yeah. Just my personal opinion, you know. Um. Anyways, that's just me. That's my, that's my punk's opinion on it. You know, you can call it the Thompson take. You can call it the Mystic Thompson. You can call it the Mystic Punk. You can call it the, what did you call it? Predictive Punk. Predictive Punk. Okay, you can call it all those things. Punk's Opinion right here. Okay, this is a sideshow of Sammy and the Punk. Follow us on IG, Sammy and the Punk. Follow us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Dave's supposed to be getting us up on Spotify soon. I keep telling people that, but they don't listen. So um, all of these things, I think this was... Awesome one of the best uh, punks opinions I've ever given. Had a lot to talk about, lot to say. And follow me on IG at, at the real Punk. Follow me on Twitter at the real punk. Also follow all of our Sammy and the Punks on it's all says Sammy and the Punk on IG, Facebook, and on Twitter. All right.